You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, friends, to Real Presence Radio this morning. It's Monday, 32 after the hour. And we've had a great show. We uh, were speaking to uh, Sister Lisa Maurer in our first uh, half hour there. Um, really good nuggets. I really appreciated that conversation with her. We've got an action-packed show today and more guests on the way, so I'm going to hand it over to Father Brandon to introduce our next guest. Yeah, I'm excited for this next uh, conversation um, with Tammy Ringhand. Uh, Tammy is going to share a little bit about her journey to the Catholic faith. And you know, so often when we have um, experiences of the Lord, it often, uh, there's three parts. There's, there's so often there's that, there's that pre-part of we maybe had an incorrect view of something or we had something going on in our life and then something happens that leads to a place of conversion and we, we, we draw into the Lord, into the church. And then after that, there's fruit that's born. And we're going to kind of just walk through that process with Tammy and her life and her journey to the Catholic faith. And so, so Tammy, it's great to have you here today. And I'm wondering if you could just start off by introducing yourself and maybe sharing a little bit about what life was like before you became a Catholic and what your view of the church was and what your experience was at that point before you got to that place where you started considering the Catholic faith. So again, welcome. It's great to have you here, and uh, maybe share a little bit about your story before you became a Catholic. Okay, absolutely. Um, well, I am a 54-year-old mom of, of 10 kids, um, and I started up, I was uh, raised on a family farm in southeastern Minnesota, the oldest of six kids. My mom worked night shift as an oncologist nurse. My dad was uh, um, worked as a uh, on a road crew, and he was gone all week, and would come home on the weekends. And my mom was very strictly like that Southern Baptist, and my dad was Lutheran. And so when um, it was the weekend my mom didn't work, we would go to the Baptist church, just the kids and mom. And then the next week we would go with my dad when he was home on the weekend to the Lutheran church. We'd flip-flop back and forth. That was through my whole childhood. And um, we always kind of felt like we never fit into either of them. Mm. And uh, probably the, the... part that I most um, related to is the Baptist Church, maybe because of a daughter-mother kind of thing. But one of the two things that were really pounded in was, one, to read and memorize Scripture, and um, two was like that personal, I put that in quotation marks, like conversion, personal, you accept Him as your personal Savior. And I can remember very um, clearly, when I was about five years old, on the porch, of like, okay, Jesus, you're my personal Savior, (laughs) you know, kind of thing, and... Like, and, um, but then I also started, like, I wanted, I had this relationship in a sense when I was a little kid with him of wanting to be perfect, wanting to be really treat my brothers well. And every day I would mess up. I had four brothers. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> and every day I, I call it now my mini confessions. Lord, I'm so sorry. I messed up. I wasn't perfect today. Can I start over again? <laughs> so I can remember that as a kid of, of like that kind of thing. And, um, we grew up in a real, most of the uh, town that we went to school at and everything was Lutheran. There was very, very few Catholics and very few Baptists. And um, one of the things that my that came from my parents was they were extremely anti-Catholic. Hmm. And from a little girl on, I was always told, you know, if you're Catholic, you're going to hell. It's, that's like the worst thing you could be was Catholic. And so I... I only knew one, I had one friend that was Catholic. I didn't know her that well. Um, and, of course, I just, I believe my parents, so this must not be good. 
And the only thing I really knew about Catholics, what I saw, was they drank a lot of beer, and they gave up candy and ate fish on a thing called Lent. And I didn't know what that was either, but that was my experience of what it was to be Catholic when I was was younger. And um, I think the other thing that stuck with me was um, my mom said to me one day when I was young, like, I said, asked about heaven, and she said, well... Only if you're Baptist will you go to heaven. And somehow that didn't, something didn't seem right about that. Cause I, th- I said, well, what about Dad? She goes, well, I don't know if he's going to make it. <laughs> and, and that really, something didn't strike as truth in that with me, but I didn't know what to do with it. And um, I'll probably, well, I'm going to say one part of the story, because I know I was supposed to save it for later, but it was kind of important. I'll come back to it later. Yeah. But there was one Sunday, we didn't, a lot of times we didn't go to anything, and we just stayed home. Mom was too tired. And I was in my room, and I was probably about nine. I was really, I was young yet, and I was reading scripture, and I, I got to this, there was two things that really struck me that morning. One was, um, I read the passage, that said, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I remember thinking, so Jesus started a church? And I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, well... What's the name of it? Because I realized mom was at one, dad's another, and I recognized that there was other churches around. And if I was just scouring and I couldn't find the name of it, and I thought, well, why would there be anything besides one church? Like, why would anything be better than what God started? That was my very logical brain as a child. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but I couldn't find it anywhere. And I was like, well, I guess I'll never know. I don't think I'd better ask mom and dad. I don't think that's there. Either of them are in the right church. And I thought they might be me. Which is this church that Jesus started? Why aren't we in it? <laughs> so, but I, I kind of hit the point of I remember being um, disappointed that I couldn't find it named in there. And the other thing that struck me that morning was that I kept I really thought about for a long time was I noticed how the Israelites were always doing like showing penance, and I remember thinking how well how could we be that much better now? Like, that nobody has to do anything to, in a way to, like, it's one thing to say sorry, but to show sorry. And so that part somehow didn't, it didn't make sense to me because I didn't see my parents never talked about, you know, doing things in reparation or anything like that. So those were probably some things from my, my younger yeah. childhood. Um, when I was about a junior, my mom and my grandma had this big falling out, and she, we no longer went to the Baptist church, but we went to the Lutheran church. And one of the things that I feel like was a grace for me. Of all my six siblings, I was past the age of confirmation at that point, and I missed being confirmed as a Lutheran. Mm -hmm. The rest of my siblings all confirmed Lutherans. And um, went off to college, and uh, the kind of two things I was, I went to the Baptist church there, and I had always been told that I had not been baptized because my mom wanted, as Baptist, she wait and do that. Yep. As an adult. Yep. And so I uh, thought, well, I should be baptized. So I went and I was baptized, and I remember calling home, and I was so excited. My dad gets on the thing and goes, well, I snuck you off as a child, a little huh. baby, and you were baptized. <laughs> <laughs> Mother didn't know. Wow. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I guess I've been doubled up. I guess that can't hurt. <laughs> so, um, but that was one thing, and to this day, I don't even know the date of my baptism, because that church no longer exists. Yeah. And there's no record of it. But um, so this is kind of one of those things. But um, the, the other thing in college that was all of my friends, I ran track and cross country. And on the teams, almost 
all of them were Catholic. And they invited me to the Newman Center, and I, I would go in, and I just, all of them were so sweet and good. And it really was a, uh, a, a turning point for me because as I'm away from home and I'm starting to see some things that mom and dad said were not all true, yeah. <laughs> I started to question the beginning of questioning of the validity of what they had said to me about Catholics because I thought, I just can't believe all of these good people here are going to go to hell because they're Catholic. Mm. It just didn't make sense. And um, that was, I'd say, like an opening, a little tiny opening for me in that part. And then um, I uh, finished college. I married my first husband. We were military. He had been raised Catholic only, I would say he probably only had one confession, and it was his first one. He was confirmed, but I never saw him practice it. And we we mostly went to non-denominational on some of the bases we were at. That's just what was available. Yep. And um, he died seven years in, in a car accident. And that was a major turning point for me because I, if I came back to the United States, we were um, overseas at the time. I had a Catholic priest that actually that came to visit me. And that was just, and he invited me to come to Mass. And I started to go. Of course, I didn't receive or anything. And it's like, it just started some more questioning in my mind. And um, eventually, I married my second husband. I was like 22 years now. And um, he, when we, when we uh, were going through classes, because he's Catholic, he had said to me, Pam, I'm not a very good Catholic. In fact, I, I'm not very good at all. I don't practice it like I should. But I did take my confirmation serious enough that I will never become anything else. And I would never, ever want you to become Catholic just because I am, because that would not be a good enough reason. And so for the first two years that we were married, we, I, I did a lot of church shopping. I was just, nothing was satisfying to me. And I, um, I just, I tried, every, we were in Cloquet at the time, and I, I went to all of them except for the Mormon church, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and so, and I finally just hit this point of like, what, what if? Everything mom and dad said. What if all of that? What if it's, um, what if it's false? What if it's not true? Maybe, maybe it's not what it seems like. Like what I was told, and because uh, I mean, I was so anti-Catholic, father, that even when I would, was at the Lutheran Church and we do the Apostles' Creed, I wouldn't even say one Holy Catholic Church. I was silent during that part, and I had this, and I don't know where it came from, but I had this deep almost resentment for Mary. I just didn't, and I don't know where it ever came from, but I just knew I had like a, a wall up in regards to Our Lady. And um, so my husband aunt, sent me two books, and one of them was on conversions of different preachers from different faiths. Hmm. And the other one was, um, I don't remember the name of it, but it was this uh, reporter who had been Lutheran. His name was Wayne Weibel, I believe it is. And he had had this journey to Medjugorje to report it and had this major conversion. And so both of the books deeply affected me, but it was when I got to this one on the conversion story that he stated that verse. I said, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he said it was the Catholic Church. That was like, it zinged me back <laughs> to nine years old, and I was so excited, 
because all of a sudden I realized, hey, that's the church. I was wondering which one it was. I just <laughs> never knew how to find it. I forgot I was looking, you know. And I was like, instantly I went to my husband. I'm like, Thomas, how do I, you know, sign me up? <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. I, and I was so, so super excited. So I just, we, I got into the RICA. We had three kids that were not baptized. So they came in and were baptized in Our Lady of Guadalupe. I didn't realize that, you know, the significance later, or until later. But they were came into the church before I did in that way. Mm-hmm. And um, and I uh, came in in uh, Easter of 2000. And um, it's and been t- just a super exciting journey for me. I could never, ever leave. And, and ever. Tammy, <laughs> we're, uh, this is so phenomenal like you're just firing me up with your story like it is so beautiful and amazing and we're going to keep going with tammy's testimony and her story uh, and and talk a little bit more about matthew 16 so stay with us we'll be right back we're gonna go to, to break stay with us this is real presence live where the focus is not on the evil around us but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good we're local engaging and live on the real presence radio network Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. For more than 20 years, the University of Mary has watched students thrive through affordable, flexible, and formative online education programs. Now, we are delighted to announce the expansion of these offerings with the robust portfolio of advanced education options created intentionally for the Catholic working professional. Our programs offer accelerated formats with classes beginning every five weeks throughout the year and the potential for a return on your investment in the very first year. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Ben Frost. I'm here with Father Brandon Moravitz in Virginia, Minnesota, broadcasting at Holy Spirit Church. And uh, we have a wonderful conversation happening right now with Tammy Ringhand. And in the first half of this interview, 
uh, we talked about Tammy and how when she was younger, she had this experience with Matthew chapter 16 where uh, uh, Jesus says to Peter, you are Peter on this rock, you are Peter and on this rock I shall build my church. And then Tammy shared kind of this journey and uh, how she slowly kind of found the Lord. And Father, it's been a really powerful uh, testimony so far. And, and uh, what, what are your thoughts? You know, a couple things I was thinking about as Tammy was sharing her story of how unique all of our stories are in our journeys. And, and, and I, was, I was grateful for her Christian upbringing, you know, um, going to the Baptist church and the Lutheran church. Like that was a gift in Tammy's life that led her to a place and, and having a relationship with the Lord and reading scripture and praying. And you think about that foundational element of her life that eventually led her to the beauty and the truth of the Catholic faith. But that time in her life was critical, you know, and it, it reminds us of that importance of having that relationship with the Lord and reading scripture and being in that, like, like that's a gift, friends, okay? And that's so critical in our Catholic faith that we have that relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, and then, but, but then as she unraveled that story and that journey with the Lord, um, those realities of sometimes those misconceptions of our Catholic faith, you know, I was struck by that, that the comment of like, you know, the, the thinking that Catholics, they just drank beer and didn't eat, you know, meat on Fridays, you know, and, and sometimes there can be those misconceptions of our Catholic faith. And, but sometimes that's our own fault that sometimes we as Catholics don't live the faith in a way that's dynamic enough. And we're, we, we, we live in a nominal way and that, how can that ever be attractive to anybody, you know? And, and that's important. Sometimes we have to admit that we are not living our faith as it should be lived, that it needs to be a thing that engages people. And so I was just thinking about that, how that inspires me just to make sure that we're continuing to remind all of our listeners that we have to live our faith in a way where there's no way somebody could say all they do is not eat meat on Fridays and drink beer at night, you know? And as, as much as that can be a misconception, there's always truth sometimes in some of that stuff, you know? And, and I just call all of us out to make sure <clears throat> that we're living lives of holiness, um, and, 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 and that just, that struck me on how important that is that we as a Catholic people live our faith in a way that's engaging and it's attractive and we're not just living 10% of the faith, we're living 100% of our faith because that's what we're called to do. And then lastly, just like Tammy kept reminding me of how he, God's always revealing more, you know, and I'm sure she's going to talk more about that. Like, you know, as a child, there's kind of that desire and those questions like, what about that church? What about this? But she kept searching and, you know, God writes straight with crooked lines and there's this journey of suffering and questions and, and wondering and God brings different people into our lives and we have to make sure that we know God's never done with us, ever. God's not done with Tammy. He still has more for her to understand and to learn and to grow. And that's with anybody out there, wherever you're at, whether you're out there, you're Catholic, you're not, you're nominal, you're on fire, God has more for you. All right, and we have to continue to seek him and to search for him because he will always live a, lead us to a place of depth and truth. And I'm just so grateful for Tammy's story because it just, it led me to a place of just deeper reflection on the goodness of God in all of our lives. And Tammy, as we left uh, before the break here, we were talking about, you were sharing that you were kind of uh, church shopping a little bit, hopping around, uh, experiencing different uh, denominations that were out there and and really just seeking after the Lord. And, and then you had mentioned, you know, you, you read a few books and it kind of came full circle where this, this passage out of the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16, one of the most beautiful uh, passages that in many ways leads many people into the church where Jesus looks at Peter, his name is Simon at the time, and he says, your name is Peter, which means rock. 
and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld will not prevail against it. A very profound passage in the scriptures. And here you are, and it kind of comes full circle, and it impacts your heart again. So I'm just curious if you pick up from there uh, in the story, and then maybe talk about how that helped you come into the church, and maybe the fruits that came from that once you were then uh, fully initiated into the Catholic Church. I think mostly it was just like that, that when that, it hit me that this, you know, the Catholic Church is the one he founded. I never had any doubt, like, why would anything be better than what God has started? Hmm. I mean, everything else, any, I figured that every other obstacle, it didn't matter. Because if he started it, what did it matter? I would, it would all come, it would all fall into place in time. Yeah. And so that was the attitude I went into with RACA and um, came into the church. We moved to where we are now in Crosby, and I started doing some little things in the church here. And probably about um, one of the things that was most helpful was about, and I started just gobbling up everything I could read on saints and everything. I didn't know how to do a Hail Mary. It took forever mm-hmm. to do the rosary because I had to read everything because I didn't know how. And but it was two years later, I, I came across this book. It, said, it was uh, Consecration to, to Mary by Louis de Montfort. And I read on this little part, it was like, I think, on the back of the book, it said, the quickest, safest, uh, I can't remember the, uh, how it all went, but essentially the quickest and safest and you know, way to um, become a saint was to make consecration to Our Lady. And I thought, ah, I'm 35 years old. I'm so far behind everybody else. <laughs> I got. I need the fastest, quickest way to catch up. So I thought I got to do this. This is this is what I got to do. So I, I went through that consecration, and and she took me. She's taken me on a ride here. <laughs> so, um, I was like, it was not long later after making that consecration. I thought the idea came to my head. I should go to confession. I haven't went. I didn't know how often I was supposed to go. I didn't remember them. They probably told me, but I had forgotten. So I went to confession, and I remember Father Eisel saying, yeah, it's, I said, it's been two years, <laughs> and he's like, even cars need oil changes every three months, Sam. <laughs> and, so, and it was his gentleness, though, honestly. It's like I started going every two weeks to a month, and I've never let it lapse. And then I, I, came, I found out that there was daily mass. I didn't know that, and I was so excited. So I started hauling all the kids every day to daily mass. And... Um, it just, I mean, from then on, it just, like, picked up speed just with, with those things, that frequent confession, the daily mass. And um, eventually he pulled me into work in the church, and um, and I've just grown to this beautiful, um, deep love for Our Lady. I think one of the things that's been healing for me is my relationship with my mom. Is I've, I realized in my 20s it could never be what I wanted it to be. It just, I couldn't heal my mom. And that's a whole other thing, you know. But but when I came into the church, I thought, ah, I've got this mom that loves me. And no matter what, and she will always, she will always love me. And that's Mary. And I just, um, I've just had a great, great devotion to her. And I, I uh, like to go a little side apostolate is doing Marian consecrations and taking groups through bring consecration. That's something that she's put on my heart, and I try to do one or two a year with people. And um, that, that, that's, I guess, <laughs> that's my story. Yeah, no, it's so, it's so good, Tammy. And, and as you were talking there, I was just, to all of our listeners out there, I mean, 
these, <laughs> these gifts that we have as Catholics, they work. All right? You hear Tammy, this is someone, she didn't fully understand like confession and daily mass and the role of Mary in our faith life. And even though she didn't understand and she was kind of a rookie, she jumped in and she started entering into daily mass and she started entering into going to confession regularly and entered into this, this consecration to Mary and this devotion to Mary, the mother of Jesus. And what happened, it set her heart on fire and led her to a place of holiness and healing and hope and life and gave her perseverance to the struggles of her life. And this is so critical, friends. The church works. <laughs> we have to remember that. And sometimes we might lose kind of that trust or become despondent and, and wonder if it's ever working. I am telling you, as a priest of God, this stuff works because God gave it to us. I mean, it is the church. It's the church that, that, that Christ gave us, built on Peter. And, and it's so phenomenal. I think of a few families in our parish right now that are in our RCIA program and a family that just became Catholic a month ago. They're coming to Mass. They're coming to adoration. They're going to confession. Do they fully understand everything about the faith right now? Heck no. But what's happening is their hearts are falling in love with Jesus. And they're just wanting to be saints. And, 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 and it's becoming that way because they're entering into the gifts of the church, the sacraments and the devotionals of the church. Friends, grab onto these things, implement them, and you will not regret how God works in your life through these gifts that we are given as a Catholic people. And Tammy, I'm just curious, last question I have for you. So now looking back in these years and you becoming Catholic and living out the Catholic faith, like... What would you say has been like the greatest blessing? I mean, you just look back and like, and obviously God graces us in, in so many different ways. But since that time when you made that decision to take a step forward and say, you know, I'm going to become Catholic. I'm going to, I'm going to build my life on the church, on this rock. Uh, what would you say is a great benefit in this last minute that we mm. have? So much. <laughs> I don't know if I can pin it to one. I think it's the Eucharist. That, that would have to be just in receiving, to be able to, to be with him in adoration and the, the learning of just like there's this this path of prayer that leads to deep intimacy with him. I did not know about that before coming into the church, and it's like this beautiful secret that's hidden. It's like what he wants to give us. Oh, it's so but. beautiful. Tammy, I really, really appreciate uh, your time with us this morning, and God bless you. Thank you for sharing your testimony with us. Thank you. Great. And our listeners out there, here's your challenge for today. Take your Bibles out. I want you to read Matthew chapter 16, and I also want you to go to Isaiah chapter 22. You read those two passages, and it'll, you'll reveal, it'll reveal a little bit of what Tammy was talking about today. So get those out, Isaiah 22 and Matthew 16. And we'll be right back. Thank you for joining us. Uh, stay with us. We have more great uh, show coming up. Stay with us. Stay with us.